1: Hello and welcome to the Guardian Football Weekly. The international break begins, but we keep delivering. England have qualified, so we'll do some who should be on that plane chat. Jazz singer Cole Palmer, is he the heir apparent for the shirt if Bellingham isn't fit and if Madison isn't fit? Should Raheem Sterling just book another plane to somewhere else? Big week for Wales, two wins. And they're there while Scotland are on the brackets good beach and Northern Ireland the Republic are on the brackets bad one. Then there's CEO news from Manchester United. When did we start to care about the name of any club's CEO? It's not Richard Arnold, as United to be Mark Patrick Stewart. There's some more news about Chelsea's finances under Abramovich, which leads to a nice hypothetical discussion about stripping clubs of titles, and if that would make any difference. All that plus your questions, and that's today's Guardian Football Weekly. Uh, On the panel today, live in person in Manchester, Barry Glendenning. hello. Hello, Max. How are you? Very well, yeah. Yeah. We we did a good
2: live show. It's not for us to say if it was good, I guess, is it? it We've done three now. Yeah. London, Bristol, Manchester. And nothing has gone horrifically wrong yet. That
1: is true. Uh also on stage. And with us, John Bruin. Welcome. Hi, Max. And Nader Manuha. Your first live show? Um yes. Yes. Yes, my first live show. Do yes. you think if we asked you to do another one you would say yes? Um
0: <laughs> Yeah, I think yeah? I would. It's, okay. it was it was easy enough. The crowd was very uh keen to engage so yeah, yeah. It, was, it was good friendly fun, yeah. crowd yeah very friendly. Yeah, there yeah.
1: was a few musical numbers we, if we'd known yes. you played slap bass guitar that would have been a next time will
0: you bring your bass guitar we'll see okay we'll, we'll see how the world is at that moment
3: in a yeah. new metal style is that what you're promising
0: not quite no but um if you want to see what type of style I was trying to go for, yeah. someone YouTube or Google Primus. Right. Yeah. Linvoy Primus. Yeah. Linvoy. Yeah, Lin-voy. <laughs> Lin-voy. what a that's bass player, player yeah. he was. He's, that's what we're talking about. Les Claypool,
3: that's that's the bassist in Primus. Yeah, and he's very, very good. Okay, not to, not to be confused with Timothy Claypool. Right. I don't know who that is. It's the ghost from *Remington Ghost*. Is that the ghost or the from *Jester*? Ghost? Ghost. Yeah,
1: yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right, sneeze and a donkey appears. That's yeah. what I remember. <laughs> anyway, um, England. All Barry wanted was you to play the Seinfeld theme <laughs> in between jokes. <laughs> England Malta um, on Friday night, and then they go to North Macedonia on Monday night. Uh, they've qualified already, so I guess it doesn't matter. Cole Palmer drafted into the squad. What have you made, Nadem Of sort of Cole Palmer, like this move from City, where you all. Would, Obviously, you're going to be good if you're in City's 25, right? You're not going to be a bad footballer, but I don't think we realized he was as good as we think he is now after watching him play twice. Yeah,
0: so I'll, I'll be completely like honest with you. When he was at City, I'd heard he was a very, very good player and so on, but I never thought, like, try and get him to play instead of someone else because they had Mahrez, had Foden, had Grealish, had all these types of players. And, like, he was, oh, it's good. Cole's going to come on for 15, 20 minutes at the end. But, he's, you know, he's a good player. So then when you hear that Chelsea are trying to buy him and it's 42.5 million pounds for someone that doesn't ever really start for the club, you're like, well, fair enough. Good luck to him. Wish him all the best. It's an interesting transfer by Chelsea, especially with the amount of players he already had there. But then he goes down and he's like showing his his actual ability, his potential should be starting week in, week out. But again, how many people from City Persuasion would have said, yeah, Cole Palmer needs to be starting For feel the answers? Probably not many. But this is this is who he is. I think he won when he won the twenty-one Euros in the summer, I think he was one of their best players. There was lots of discussions about how good he was. Jolyn Lescott, a friend of mine, coached him. He said he's like top tier. I was like, maybe, you know, but obviously he sees him more. So I said, like, all right, fair enough. Goes to Chelsea. All of a sudden he's not the Academy graduate anymore. He's the forty two and a half million pound signing with a fifteen year deal there. So he's you know, he's very much <laughs> attached to the football club. And he's confident. The way he played in the City game, in particular, he has a belief in himself. He was getting involved in jokes, and you know, he's celebrating like he's enjoying that moment. And that's the freedom you can get sometimes by removing that sort of tag of being just an academy graduate. And you can see he's playing to his best. And somehow he's taking penalties over Sterling and stuff, which is still to this day blowing my mind.
1: Yeah, I think I wouldn't fancy Sterling on a penalty. We say is this. He, you yeah. say this. Has he got a good
0: record? No, no, he's not actually, but. Just when he was at City, I'd seen Sterling take a penalty. Yeah. I'd seen everyone take a penalty, yeah. but I'd never seen Cole Palmer even be near enough to even like ask, "Can I take a penalty?" Yeah. But instead, he's saying to Raheem, "Yo, little boy, just wait there. I'm going to take this." Yeah, and that's what really that's that's the thing that's confused me because that's his senior pro for many years, just taking a back seat as he lets him take the pen.
1: Yeah, I suppose the thing at City, Bruin, is that he he'd never he'd never play in the ten right. City would play him wide, and he's not. That's a different skill. Uh, Yes, Rushton. Sorry. Uh, Um, Do you know, as soon as I said it, I know you don't like that. (laughs) Wilson doesn't mind.
3: Sorry, John. My apologies. I'm not at school anymore. (laughs) Give me your homework. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I mean, I suppose in in Manchester City's structure, Pep likes to put the skillful players who aren't coming to Bruyne to the flank and then they do their work coming, cutting inside. And uh, like Nadem, I saw Cole Palmer play... He I think he started in the final game last season at Brantford City lost. Uh, to to see that player compared to the swaggering yeah. uh and he's all mank, isn't he? He's a lads. Yeah. And uh, after the you know, after the matches, you know, he's he's got that sort of mank drawl. He's got the hairstyle of a indie landfill <laughs> <laughs> star, of which we are, you know, close personal friends these days. Yeah, of course. And uh, he is uh, and as he, 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 uh, name said, he's seizing his moment. And like, even in the post match, you know, when he was he was digging out Nicholas Jackson after the Spurs game, yeah. you know, saying oh, he needs to train harder and <laughs> stuff like that. He's, just, <laughs> <laughs> just, he's obviously a character. Um, now, he him being a character might be the reason why he is no longer Manchester City. Mm-hmm. There, there, there is room for only one character there. I uh, remember Jack Grealish used to be a character and is now. Uh, like a sort of pet for, for Pep Guardiola, and uh, maybe Cole, you know, the swaggering mank maybe doesn't fit in with a Pep Guardiola, but in London it can be you the know, bright lights, bright, bright, bright lights, lights London, the yeah. fashionable <laughs> Kings Road yeah. swagger. Go out with Ben Me. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> now, yeah. Are you more
1: or less nervous about England winning the Euros now that Cole Palmer is the third choice ten?
2: Uh, I am quite nervous about them winning the Euros. I mean, some very good players are going to be left out of that squad and there'll be the usual wailing and gnashing of teeth. I think after his performance against um, Tottenham, everyone's saying, oh, how, how can Raheem Sterling be left out of the squad? And it looks like he will probably be left out of the squad unless there's a raft of injuries. But if you want to put Sterling in, who do you leave out? You're going to leave out someone whose omission will prompt wailing and gnashing of teeth. So yeah, I'm I am quite nervous. I my main hope uh, is that Gareth Southgate will will stymie them as he has done on two occasions previously. Other opinions are available. I don't think he's a very good manager. I used to think he was a good politician, a good statesman type figure. Uh, but I don't think he's a good football manager. But other people disagree but I'm I'm
0: firmly in the camp that he is holding the England squad back. Are you in that camp, Nadim? I'm not actually, no. Oh. Um, as I think through my lifetime, which England managers of the past would be able to have won something with this England side, would you say?
2: Bobby Robson,
0: do you think? Venables? Te- yeah, Terry,
3: yeah. Venables are most tactically astute, wasn't he? At yeah, those, all those yeah he... he, he... Studied, uh, you know, patterns of play around the world. You know, did his homework. Was a success in Spain. You know, could, could adapt. Mm. I mean, Venables was a. It was like a once in a lifetime English coach.
0: Yeah, but then with Venables and his traits, do you think the team would have been informed the way that it is, with people getting the opportunity from probably a year, two years sooner than right. say other people would have?
3: Are you saying that they still had to drink down scribe, scribes <laughs> west to get a game? <laughs> you, could, you could, was, <laughs> you could say that. You could say
0: that. I think. Um, for whatever issues people have with, say, Southgate's coach, and I think the team that he's formed is one which likely wouldn't have been formed by other managers because there's uh, – even like Cole Palmer getting a chance, there was once a point where if you if someone drops out of the main squad, you'd go into a standby. You wouldn't go to the 21s. And I think there have been people across the years who've had the chance to play and gotten a little taste of it from, say, sooner than they would have done otherwise because I think as we look back – we kind of knew well, years ago, you knew what the England starting 11 was. And then you had a whole bunch of players who were really good who might never get the opportunity to play in the squads. And a whole bunch of people who were younger who would never get the opportunity because someone's already on the bench that's covering for someone else who's going to start every game. So I um, I think there's something about him uh, and I think the team is good. And I think he's given something to the team, even if it's just psychological to make them believe that they can they can do it. And I think that's something which a lot of England teams, in my opinion, haven't had.
1: I'm in the pro Southgate camp. I mean, I'm not as pro as I was. Don't know why, but I am in the pro Southgate. and mean, you know, he has he is more successful than anyone since Ralph Ramsey. That's
2: a really bogus argument.
1: Do you think it is? Because the players, even yeah, the uh, players have been good before,
2: not this good. Like such to, an even say, spread throughout. You know.
1: But you say it's not even spread. like defensively, it's not amazing, is it? Really, like our centre backs aren't like
0: yeah, the not, best in the world. Yeah, it's not Terry's Ferdinand's mm. been. Campbell's all that stuff is it
2: well I'm only going on the evidence of what I've seen with my own eyes in the the game that they lost against Croatia they threw it away and uh, the game against Italy they threw it
0: away
3: the, <laughs> they are both games England should have the, won the game against France they threw it away yeah
0: the Italy one no. for me it's as we get further away That's from it times, I remember I remember uh, obviously they lost but they lost on penalties you know, for as bad as they were, they still had a chance to win the whole thing. So, if they would have won the whole thing, would we have said would we have said, "Oh, they were so bad in the final, though"? Or is it just a case that they won? Like even the but last. It shouldn't woke up. have
2: gone to penalties. That's my argument. What well, in, f- in a penalties. final
0: against Italy is every chance? How many like finals are just complete blowouts? But you go goal up, and then you.
2: You've got your, they're playing really badly. You've a chance to put the game to bed. And what do you do? Oh, let's just, sit isn't that what's the,
0: How do we describe fight? Argentina then in that World Cup final when they had the lead? And before you know it, France are right there with them. Was it like the last 15 minutes when Mbappe scored a couple to take it to extra time? Was it? Yeah. That's what I mean. So did Argentina blow that one or did it just win the World Cup? They won the World Cup. I know, but they blew it then because they didn't need, shouldn't never have gone to penalties. When they were that dominant, should never have gone to penalties then. Yeah, but they won the penalty shoot. So that's what <laughs> you see what with. This. So is it about England's penalty taken or is it about England's performance in the final? I, I think it was about their performance in the final. I think they had Italy at their mercy and they
2: let them off the hook, and that's the, all down to Southgate. That you know,
1: no, but Nader makes a good point because they blew it, Argentina, because it was they were taking
2: the penalty. They just happened to win the shootout. But you're making it sound like winning that that hoary old saw that a penalty shootout is a lottery. It isn't.
3: As Gareth should know. Uh, Yes. From from, from previous experience. I think with Southgate is what he has managed to do, and I don't know if this will last forever, and manage to have a shelf life, which may be the problem that we, we might run into at this point, is he made the England players feel like they weren't England players, which which is in a big tournament, in a big game, they're playing well and they see it all the way through as they did against Germany, say in the Euros. And then in that final, when we was three watched it together, they suddenly became England again. Mm. Remember this? We discussed this yeah. at the time, which is suddenly they start hoofing the ball long. They, they panic when they're in possession in a way they hadn't done before. And that was what Southgate managed to convince that team to be the, great in the sum of their parts. But... In that that game against Croatia, the France game, and suddenly there's that point where we're English. This could actually happen. (laughs) Oh, no. And that's when English doubts crept in, and that's the thing that Southgate hasn't conquered. If you take each
2: tournament individually, you could say, yeah, England did well. Yeah. But he's had three chances now. Yeah, yeah. There's a bit of a pattern emerging. There is is
3: no one else to give a chance to, though. Is there? I mean, who who, who does it go to? For the job? Yeah.
0: I want Gabe to keep it. <laughs> <laughs> do, do you not know, think as well, though, with, with these tournaments, we're looking at it obviously, from a very like in, English lens as such. But there have been other teams within that same three-tournament cycle who've really struggled. But we, it's like we don't take them into account because all we see is their name once it's like time for tournament time. You mm. know what I mean? Like, how well have Spain done? You know, we could talk about... They've qualified for... for the, yeah, yeah, exactly. For the last two World Cups, mm. isn't it? So there's more to it. There are lots of nations who are in a worse position than England. But it feels like England are in a worse position because they've not maximized their potential. Does it not feel, though, that the best team in Europe is France? Yeah. By
3: a long, long way. And then the second best is probably England. Yeah, I think. And then Spain is not Spain, as we recall it. No.
0: Germany isn't. Uh, Germany, Germany, Germany. Germany are at home, so I suppose that's a positive. Kind yeah, be yeah. Horrendous.
3: But... I mean, they, they were bad before Europe, before the World Cup in 2006 and then discovered a load of players that you've probably forgotten now and yeah, then I couldn't name one that was I can't even yeah <laughs> what, Lucas Podolsky yeah, <laughs> <there you laughs> but they, they came third in that sort of and they were surprised I mean Germany being at home I think that would be good for them but they're not a great team I mean in, in, you know, in Barry's I think what Barry's saying is that England should be good enough to win this but this manager's holding them back is that what you're thinking or you just don't want think that England might win anything
2: um, no I, I think they are good enough yeah. to win it But I do think if they don't win it, it'll probably be down to Southgate's excessive caution. Yeah.
1: I think the thing I think is it's much easier to be. In that position, because the chance of winning any yeah, individual tournament yeah. like so. The only way you are wrong is if England win it, which is very <laughs> unlikely. So, it's a it's but a I, better, I
2: don't think it is very unlikely. I yeah. think it's
1: anyway, we'll find out. Italy face North Macedonia in the same group. If they win, then there's a big game. Ukraine, Italy winner takes all on Monday. Uh, Wales go to uh, Armenia on Saturday, Turkey on Tuesday. Uh, we are all hoping for a jubilant, hungover Ellis James voice note. And Baz, you've been listening to one of Ellis's podcasts, to get some
2: thoughts. I mean, presumably his football one, or you're going to tell us about the Napoleonic Wars or something like that. <laughs> no, he, he and uh, Robbie Earnshaw and Ian Roberts were discussing the games. Obviously, they're both huge games. They have to beat Armenia. And if they beat uh, Armenia, that's a way. Uh, then they have Turkey at home. And so they have to win both games. I mean, Robert uh, Page's goose look cooked there for a while, but they pulled two brilliant wins out of the bag against Latvia and Croatia. I don't think anyone saw them beating Croatia. And I think the lads were discussing basically they were having a debate, should Brennan Johnson start for Wales or not? You would imagine he would be a first choice uh, for one of the first names down the team sheet, but he didn't start uh, against Croatia. Uh, So do you fix it? Do you tinker with a winning team or not? So it's between him, Brooks, Kiefer Moore and... Harry Wilson?
3: Harry Wilson, yeah, one of those will miss out, basically. Harry Wilson was brilliant against Croatia, scored Mm. two great goals. Um, I've watched a bit of Wales over this qualifying campaign. they have got this guy, Jordan James, plays for Birmingham City, 19, replaced Jude Bellingham, pretty much, and uh, he looks the business. Really does him yeah, against Modric, and he he came out the better. Yeah, he he and Ampadu are. Well, Ampadu him. is the player that we don't know how old he is because he's been around for so long. Yeah, yeah. but and he's he, still on. He's about friendly. twenty-three. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, Scotland go to Georgia today, Norway on Sunday. It doesn't matter. Uh, they've qualified. um was uh, a little bit okay. because
2: they've lost three games in a row. And, no, there were only friendlies, and there were friendlies against. Uh, big opposition in France, England, and Spain, but you don't want to get in a losing habit. And they've done so well. Spain as, wasn't a friendly, was, was it? I mean, it was. Oh, sorry, it was yeah, Spain, yeah. Spain wasn't a friendly. Uh, France and England were, but yeah, they need. They, no, they don't need to win. It will be good for them to get to get another win in the board,
3: just get back to winning ways. I was going to say they just warm up to go out in a group stage, can't they? That's the this could be their this, this could, be their this time. could be They've their- never been
1: out of a group ever, have they? <laughs> never, so. never. Oh, that would
3: be great if they managed it,
1: you know. And in these Euros you can come bottom of your group as far as I can tell and still get through. Yeah, yeah. You can get no points and still get Not through. Not getting
3: out of the group stage this time will be yeah, it's a actually re- hard. Yeah,
1: yeah. yeah. Um, uh, you know, everything will be pretty much sorted right over the next few days. We will explain what happens as and when it happens. Um, Israel played Switzerland last night. It was played at the Pushkas Arena in Hungary. Uh, it was a one-all draw, which means Switzerland and Romania stay top with 16 points. Israel a third with 12. They play Romania on Saturday. Switzerland play Romania on Tuesday. Any of those three teams could go through. Just on the subject of Israel, we've had lots of good... And interesting questions about Israel and Gaza, including players posting on social media about it. We've had, you know, we have, of course, done loads of podcasts on human rights in lots of other places. We're not ignoring these questions and we want to do that properly. And I think we could be forgiven to, for saying we're not exactly sure how to do that properly, but we are working out the best way to do it. and We will cover that in detail soon. And that'll do for part one. We'll be back in a second talking about CEOs at Manchester United. Oh, God. <laughs> uh, welcome to part two of the Guardian Football Weekly Owen says hi Max Toenail here from Dublin I've purchased tickets for Dublin for my brother's 27th birthday my brother Sludge Sludge's Toenail uh, so I don't think I can do it justice to be the great unveiler of such a gift in comparison to you and Barry could you let Sludge know to meet me at Toner's Bar at 5pm that thursday evening we're not doing it on a thursday (laughs) monday or tuesday is that i mean all those names have i've been urban dictionary is (laughs) that do i need to check what sludge and toenail is somebody check what sludge and toenail is um anyway have fun on thursday but we won't be there but we're there on monday ashling says hi folks um ashling here i have my tickets bought for dublin on the 21st and while i'm looking forward to it i hope it was an unintentional oversight it coincides with a landmark event in irish football history the hotly anticipated friendly between the republic of ireland and new zealand promises to be a pulsating encounter and will almost inevitably be stephen kenny's last match in charge of the boys in green will there be a big screen to watch the drama unfold barry how will you concentrate knowing your
2: boys in green are playing the all-whites yeah, um, up against the mighty Chris Wood, I presume he'll be playing, will he? I think he's the only New Zealand player I know. <laughs> so,
1: is Ryan Nelson still kicking about? Is he playing?
2: We but, have quite a big audience Scotland in New Zealand. Street, <laughs> you know.
1: get, yeah, get upset about this. Sorry about that. Crowded <laughs> house. They're actually yeah, Kiwis, they're, they're aren't Kiwis, they? Yeah, they Kiwis,
3: yeah. yeah. And split um, ends before that. Yeah, That's split it.
1: ends, like the Concords. I yeah. sat on a train with them for four hours stuck outside Stevenage. Before they were famous, but obviously very recognisable faces. They had guitars, but I didn't chat to them. Anyway, apologies for that terrible review of New Zealand football.
2: How are you feeling about the Republic, Barry? Oh, just indifferent. I mean, they have a qualifier against the Netherlands before that in Amsterdam. And they find themselves in the weird position that is of more benefit to the the Republic of Ireland to lose that game than to get a result due to uh, a sort of kink in the Nations League backdoor qualifying uh, situation. So I I was glad when Stephen Kenny got the Ireland job. I think he it hasn't gone well from his contracts up once European qualifying ends, and I it almost certainly won't be renewed. He had a goal. It went. Didn't go well for me. Only uh, six competitive wins. And they were against Azerbaijan, Luxembourg, Scotland, Armenia and Gibraltar by two. Not You know, it's not Europe's elite by any stretch of the imagination. So, yeah, if they, they need to lose against the Netherlands. Which is within their power. I think even, <laughs> yeah, I think Stephen Kenny can manage that. Lose away to the Netherlands. And then they have a very, very slim hope of getting into the Nations League qualifiers. And even it, in the unlikely event that happens...
0: Um, so they need to lose to have a chance to get through. Yeah, yeah. And the manager and the players know this. Yeah. But they're sending a team over to the Netherlands. you've got to send a team, haven't you? Otherwise it would be really yeah. obvious.
3: How, lose 3-0 then.
0: How does that work? What is actually a benefit to losing. How, what, what's question. the point just, in it anyone? It shouldn't work.
2: It shouldn't be the case, but... Uh, it has been flagged up to UEFA and apparently they're sort of big shoulder shrug. Get, get Jonathan Wilson's shoulder shrug emoji uh, out. They don't seem to care. But yeah, it it they need as many teams above them in the Nations League rankings to qualify through the usual channels yeah. to improve their chances of getting into the qualifiers. And the Netherlands are
0: one of those teams. And have they just called up like a regular island squad or is it I mean, just that's, like i mean that's not a
1: bad idea if you want to lose a football match I
0: mean, uh, but barry's got the call yeah but i'm saying what's if you need to lose a game and the other ones are friendly why would you call up some of the regulars that didn't give you the opportunity to qualify outright i, suppose, I mean what choice have they got i guess
2: you know it's not a
0: sort of i'm i'm hugely confident that a full strength <laughs> Ireland team <laughs> <Okay>. can lose <laughs> but against them yeah. what in, if they don't that's in the thing.
2: i mean even if they do lose there's still it's a pretty slim Yeah. Uh, Art says, um, uh,
1: thoughts on Patrick Stewart in to replace Richard Arnold. It's a strange move, but as he captained the Federation Starship USS Enterprise, he probably has more experience than the last two. Shame Shame Spock is already gone. Would have loved him to grow our intergalactic fan base. Yeah, we've signed a new hyperspace partner. Um, So, yeah, Richard Arnold is leaving Man United as chief executive. Uh, This is all around Jim Ratcliffe uh, getting control of the footballing operations. Arnold's been there since 2007. Um, He was commercial director and then group managing director. And then when Ed Woodward left, uh, he got this job. He said, it's been an incredible privilege to serve this great football club for the past 16 years through highs and lows. I would say Lowe's. Lows. Lows. The constant has been the dedication of our employees and fans. I'd like to thank them all for their loyalty and commitment. which everyone associated with the club the very best for the future. Patrick Stewart said, Nanu, Nanu, to infinity and beyond. I'm not a Star Trek fan. Me, soul. Yeah, exactly. Isn't
3: that... That's, so that's more commendy and,
1: and, uh, and I can't remember what's the other one. Buzz Lightyear. On Buzz yeah, Lightyear. Anyway, he said, Together with my leadership team colleagues, my job will be to ensure the club's foundations remain stable while we embrace changes that can make us stronger over the long-term on and off the pitch, and to support the search for a new
3: permanent CEO, does any of it's matter, that's, that's, John? That's that's really made me feel empowered as a yeah. true red. The, 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 the new dawn approaches, yeah. doesn't it? What, what, does it not?
1: Does it? Does it <laughs> but, matter? Like, why do we care about who the? Ce- I mean, obviously, matters having a good CEO, but why well, are we I, talking I, I think, about this?
3: Well, I think, funny enough, Manchester United have shown over the last decade <laughs> the importance of a good CEO or bad CEO. Hmm. Now. Ed Woodward uh, has his defenders in terms of commercial performance and I'm sure Richard Arnold does too but um, uh, United over the last 10 years has been little short of disastrous and Richard Arnold's rather short reign uh, which is curtailed, you'd have to say uh, does involve some rather wrong turns from the club including the Mason Greenwood affair in which Richard Arnold played a leading role and... Sir Jim Ratcliffe, or is it Sir Big Jim? We not, we don't know. Is it Sir Big Jim? It's a big gym. Sir Big, big Jim. Sir Jim. Sir Big Jim. Sir well, Big Jim. Well, it was
2: Major Sir Tom, wasn't it? So would it be? Well, that wasn't Captain Tom. Or a captain, Yeah. Sir Tom. Captain Tom. I
3: don't know. Yeah.
1: I know that his daughter well, isn't allowed to spar in her garden. It's a great shame. Let's not us. compare Big
3: Sir Jim with Captain Tom <laughs> no, just not. yet. Okay, fine. But um, Major Tom was that was a boy. It was, <laughs> he was yeah, throwing, it was, yeah. Crowd yeah. <laughs> control. Can you hear me, yeah. Big Sir Jim? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so anyway, Big Sir Jim, yeah. Sir Big Jim, yeah. has clearly, and I don't know how he's come to this uh, impression, not been impressed with the performance of Richard Arnold and the. On-field performance, I suppose the next question, uh, and we are told actually that uh, Big Sir Jim uh, is a fan of Eric Ten Hag, but well, how long does that last? Because, as as we all know, when a club changes ownership, one of the first people to go out the door normally is the manager. We've seen that at uh, Birmingham City rather disastrously so far with Wayne Rooney and uh, m- m- loads of examples of that. But yeah, Arnold stepping aside, this was, we go back to the discussion uh, Barney had with uh, an operator from the club a few weeks back. Mm. Uh, I think a few people are trying to protect their position at that club, protect their jobs. Rich Arnold hasn't been able to do that. He's moving on. I'm sure he will do okay out of it. I don't think we need to worry about him financially. And he'll probably pick up a, a perfectly good job without the pressure of being CEO of Manchester United, of which would suggest, there can't be many more high-pressure jobs than that. Now, they all sort of say it filters, you know, this all filters down
1: to the dressing room, like in your experience. No. He, you don't,
0: Absolutely. Do, Yeah, Absolutely not, no. Um, this feels like more of um, a PR type thing, to just make, give the illusion of, well, I say illusion, but to give the idea of competency. You're changing everything. The club isn't what it was, because it was so bad, we have to make it seem like everything's changing but realistically if you you go to a training ground as a player you see the staff you see manager staff players you train you go play in a game that's it as long as like your kit's out and everything else is there what difference does it make in terms of who the ceo is like they're not driving your decisions unless it's arguably something to do with a contract or players coming in so i don't think that stuff really nobody cares so, so when you were at city and so the chairman would be say, David Bernstein in those days mm-hmm.
3: how often did you see david bernstein did not see david bernstein no did not see david have Bernstein. have you ever chatted to david bernstein
0: i've not chatted like <laughs> bernstein.
2: bernstein walked into this room now i know I know, know I know i know was? i know who he was yeah cuz so i'm one like of the a police older, interview, older isn't it <laughs>
0: yeah i of the older school types but nah like it's irrelevant and do you know the perspective which i think about sometimes so you see how commercially United they've been doing great or whatever. I wonder if those people they are all in the boardroom together patting each other on the back, saying how good a job they're doing.
3: That undoubtedly so. Yeah. And they
0: look at the field and says these guys are letting us down. The ones on the field, you know, do you think they're self aware to believe that they've got anything to do with anything out there, or is it a case of like, as I say, they think, oh, you know, I need to have done more to help the but, team?
1: But so the question is, how much do like like how much do they have a, an effect?
0: To realistically, yeah. Realistically, and this is this is like a very it's a hot opinion for some because you know when I watch if I watch United on TV if they win it's great Ten Hag's done great if they lose like Neville will talk about like the Glazers you know what I mean that type of thing and I, I I hate that because you can the two things can be going on at the same time but then still be very much separate but they always seem to be linked and I think they could have maybe put certain people into better better leadership positions but realistically have the team underperformed if the answer is yes then that's down to the people who are in charge of helping them be better. But City became better when better people were put into leadership positions through that club, right? But if City, say in the last few years, this year has been more significant because of, say they've had really good players and so on, but Guardiola has been the defining factor for those players. Because if you would have had another manager... he
3: had to have the right people around him. Or are those people only good because they've got Pep with them?
0: Possibly. And I think for the way that Pep is at City, they allow him the freedom to be able to do his job openly. Yes. I think at Bayern, that's a different issue because you've got all the legends weighing in all the time. Yeah. But that structure, like the players, they speak to the manager. The manager, if the manager feels comfortable, will stay for longer. Yeah. But he's the one that creates the vision. At United, it feels like there isn't enough support from
3: those people, like the execs. Like a manager of Manchester United becomes an isolated figure, which is what Ten Hag feels like now, doesn't he? It's like it's him in the eye of the storm. There's no one around him. it's true. And some it, people prefer that though. Well they do, yes, but I mean when we I mean Sir Bobby Charlton, we had his funeral this week, that was the factor that kept Alex Ferguson in the job is that he had Sir Bobby behind him mm. and that but I'm So sure. you need strong you need strong characters. Yeah. But
1: aren't you saying that the, the people in the room, you know? Slapping each other on the back saying we've got the best noodle partners, yeah. and these guys are letting them down. You're yeah. saying they do have a point because they're doing, they're making lots of money.
0: Essentially, because in an ideal world, say with the Ratcliffe's and so on, they'll want success on the field, but they also want it commercially. Yeah. You know, they want both sides of it, but then they're probably going to try and put things in play that they believe will help the football inside. But again, like when you watch that team play for their potential, they're not playing to their best. And how much of that is down to the CEO or certain people in and around it, in my opinion.
2: How much power, John, do you think Ratcliffe is going to have? Because he's very much going to be a minority shareholder and I can't see the Glazers ceding too much decision-making power to him.
3: Yes, that is, I mean, this is, I suppose that is, you know, something that might happen is when when does Big Sir Jim and the Glazers, when does the first row happen? But the suggestion is that 25% is the first tranche of him eventually taking over. And that's that's the way it's it's supposed to be, but because as things
2: stand, I believe there's a twelve-person board of execs at United, six of whom are Glazers, Glazers, yeah, siblings. And if in the event of a a tie, yeah, Joel and Avram have the final. Joel Joel has a casting vote, Yeah. yeah, yeah.
3: So, is that going to change? Well. I think those are the questions. That's a very good question, Barry. I, I don't know the answer to that one, but it, it's something that, uh, if this deal is being wrapped up and Richard Arnold's departure suggests it is, those are the details that we're going to have to
0: dig out as journalists, aren't mm. they? You, you, you,
2: isn't it a sad state of affairs that we're to, even
0: talking about i sort of, yeah, I'm not zoned out, but <laughs> <laughs> you know, you're not going to spend <laughs> one and a half billion to have no say, though, are you? That's the thing. Uh, no. I would I expect something. Because it's going
1: to take me quite a while to rustle that up, if I'm honest. <laughs> yeah. um, Chelsea faced uh, fresh questions over how uh, former owner Roman Abramovich funded the club's success after leaked files revealed a string of secret payments that may have breached strict football rules, uh, including FFP. Uh, experts said the transactions uncovered through a joint investigation by the Guardian and international partners could lead to the Premier League imposing punishments on Chelsea, such as a deduction of points. Uh, the files revealed a series of payments worth tens of millions of pounds over a decade routed through offshore vehicles, belonging to Abramovich. The transactions in question appear to have been for Chelsea's benefit, raising questions about whether they were declared in accounts submitted to football's governing bodies. Um, do read Rob Davies' piece about this in The
3: Guardian. I think the interesting conversation... I just don't know what to believe anymore. <laughs> I mean, I, I, this is such a shock to yeah. me. Yeah, I, 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 I've never, ever suspected anything like this was happening. Did you? Oh, God, no. God, the... the, the, the no, It feels like, the, oh, I've just opened my eyes yeah.
1: to, oh. Well, I, I think, a, a, I don't know what a realistic sensible sanction is, right? But obviously, we've got this happening, we've got the City charges happening at the moment. But an interesting conversation, I think, is, obviously, Man United fans say, get rid of City's titles, right? <laughs> just get rid and, of City. And, that, you know, that's- yeah, <laughs> and, and, you know, Tottenham fans or whoever say, strip Chelsea of all their titles. But don't you think actually being stripped of your title would be better than having a points deduction? Because your fans aren't gonna care. Like if you told if you said to a Man City fan, Oh, by the way, that Aguero goal now doesn't actually win you the title, they're not gonna go, Oh, let me just let me just take back all that emotional <laughs> joy that I had. Neither would be delighted because it was all his fault. Some of it was.
0: Not not all of it, yeah. I think that's um that's a that's a good question. That's a good question. I think the points deduction... Because say for the city charges again, like I'm somehow linked with that period as such. Mm. And if say something was to happen to them and they had points taken off them for this season, like do I have to go and apologise for yeah. something like I had no idea about? You know, they what want me? to take
1: the points away from when you finish tenth. Yeah, so exactly. thirteen.
0: Yeah, exactly. And it's justified, and people are like, yeah, God, this is what they deserve. And it's I don't know, it's a, it's a strange one. I don't. I'm not very good at sort of figuring out what the right sanction is for any particular like incident. But. If there isn't really a sanction that's going to affect
3: a the fact that they've won the trophy and enjoyed themselves. They, they can't and taking points off them now. The argument is it's a different regime. It has nothing to do with us. And, and, and in the middle of it, the
1: fans have absolutely no say over any no. of this, right? But there's, but the, the converse argument is you can't just say oh well we can't put any sanction on a team who is found guilty because then all the clubs will just carry on doing it. If any clubs are doing it. <laughs> 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 no, I threw my phone on the floor and just go. He really cares about this one. you know? I haven't got. A, I haven't. I'm yet to put a uh, a cover on the
3: phone. So yeah, yeah. Lucky. Yeah, you have to have some sort of punishment, right? Otherwise, yeah. what happens? But or or they carry on willy nilly breaking the rules, which some of them might be doing might be. anyway. Yeah. I mean, well,
2: it's like if you look at the Tour de France role of yeah honor. There's a big gap between yeah. 1995, I think, and 2002 where nobody won the Tour de France. Quite conspicuous, yeah. <laughs> seven consecutive years where the Tour de France happened. But you know he won it. There was, you know, millions of people lying in the street drinking wine and beer and eating cheese and baguettes cheering on these cyclists. They're, you know, I I remember them vividly. And But if it,
3: historically... Those those tours didn't happen. Nobody won them. I mean, I mean, Juventus had titles stripped, didn't they? And I think their fans are just quite happy to say we've that was our yeah you know thirty fifth title rather than you know did they did they give the title to someone else? I think Inter got one one of them, but I think one season no one got
0: one, okay. which
3: because everybody was involved. I yeah,
0: so I don't. I wonder what that's like if you if you finish second to yeah. say City or Chelsea or whatever, and then they have the title stripped. Are you asking to be given that title?
1: I mean I'd love it I mean it's a bit like you know when they go and give a bronze medal to some Jamaican who's like 58 who's going the moment's yeah, it's, gone it's, now
2: yeah it's sent to them in the post yeah, well via chair. it's not exactly the same as yeah. having your moment on the podium in a packed stadium is it
1: but I would like uh, you know I think if you were the team I don't know who came you know, so Man United came second in hmm. 2011 or 2012 What I can't remember the Aguero year or I mean someone who finished second behind Chelsea did that squad get together for an open top bus parade <laughs> and then you that you have to get you have to get the fans to dress what they were wearing in in the sort of early 2000s or whatever so this is you know this is who you are you've got to go if you had split from your partner you've got to get back with them we all go back to that moment in history but i think as a fan you'd actually prefer to have that strip than have a points deduction right
2: i don't know how big a points deduction are we talking
3: are you relegating i think you've got to relegate them haven't you you know, the, the, okay. the, say, the say, price deduction say, has to hurt. Yeah. Say, for example, a club based in the Greater Manchester area, facing Stockport, could could be could Rochdale, be Stock, Could be Rochdale, could be Rochdale. Rochdale yeah. Um, say they had say hundred plus charges and yeah. some of them stuck. What do you think the other clubs in their division, whatever division that might be, mm-hmm. did they th- do, would would those other clubs in the division want them to be? In the same division of them, after if these charges should be, say, found uh, to be true, hmm. hypothetically, I think almost better They'd than rele- relegating.
1: So hypothetically, better than relegating City, were to give them a seventy-point deduction and see if they survive. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. God, was, oh, what oh. A season that would be! We're so excited because they probably <laughs> would, right? This season, yeah. But don't City
3: fans always talk about the great days when again? York away, Lincoln away. Back back to those days. Yeah. I mean it's a Chelsea story, right? So like
1: hypothetically, How, we hypothetically you Chelsea necessarily just a name we
3: threw Chelsea in. Chelsea give yeah. a
1: 60 point, you know, 50 point, you know. Oh, I see maybe they might not make that, might they? Anyway, uh it's an interesting conversation. Uh, as yet no charges have no one's been found guilty yet. Uh, David says uh, where do Cray Valley paper mills go from here yeah they lost 6-1 at home to Charlton Athletic in the FA Cup replay I think they equalised at some point or they take the lead they equalised um, uh, but they lost 6-1 but you know not, not actually a paper mill anymore um, we chatted to their chairman didn't we mm. Yeah, he was a nice man that'll do for part 2 part 3 we'll do any other business <laughs> Uh, welcome to part three of the Guardian Football Weekly. Uh, Dylan says, how did Naden feel seeing someone older than himself score last week in the Premier League? <laughs> Thiago Silva scoring a header. Quite a
0: lot older as well, isn't he? Yeah, considerably older. Yeah. Uh, listen, I'm very much at ease with it. Yeah. Um, I jumped out when I was ready, he can keep going for as long as he wants, yeah. as long as he wants.
1: It's like, uh, it's the reverse of, you know, fans going, I realised, you know, it's when a player younger than you scores,
0: but for a footballer, it's a player older than you. It's yeah, the, uh, the, sorry, the bigger ones, like James Milner, he's the same age as me, but he's still playing, and i like, thinking, ah, yeah, probably could have tried a bit more, but instead, yeah, I'm here with you guys,
1: so this is obviously the win. Yeah. Jack says, in light of Petr Cech signing for the Belfast Giants, does Nadim think he could scuff one into an ice hockey net? Yeah, I feel like every international break Petr Cech signs as a goalkeeper for, for an he ice hockey team. He changes clubs a lot, he? He does, yeah. He's a journeyman, <laughs> isn't he? Uh, he has joined Belfast Giants on loan from Oxford City Stars as temporary emergency cover. Uh, he joined the Guildford Phoenix in the uh, end of 2018-19 season, and then he signed... For Oxford City from Chelmsford Chieftains, yeah. So he really can't, he just can't stay put, it's can like, he? It's like the Mo Johnston. <laughs> <laughs> He's the Wayne Biggins yeah. of, uh, of of ice hockey. Um, Luke says, having been managed by him, can Nadam confirm if Harry Redknapp is still with Sandra or if Neil Warnock has swooped in, as Max Rushton seemed to think? I get my Sharon and Sandra's... Mixed up. <laughs> right.
3: It's definitely Sharon for Neil.
1: Sharon it? for Neil, Sandra for, for Harry. You don't have to answer that one. Uh, Liam says, did Andros get the tip of eating chicken feet for marginal gains from Barry, given his lengthy and illustrious career? Is this how Barry makes sure his body recovers after every pod? Uh, or is it his go-to hangover cures? Yeah, uh, Andros revealed he's hoping to lengthen his career by eating chicken feet. Your thoughts, Barry?
2: Um, well, we we did a live show with uh, Andros's dad, Troy, on Monday. And I didn't see the chicken feet story until Tuesday, so that was an opportunity missed to, to quiz Troy about his son's uh, chicken feet fetish, I suppose you could call it. I've never eaten chicken feet. I imagine they're really unpleasant. I do see them on sale in Brixton Market. Uh where you can get all sorts of weird and wonderful things, but yeah, I I didn't realise they were a delicacy,
3: but uh, or uh, they're like a snack food. I went to Beijing a few years ago, and you know if you go going to like a W.H. Smiths, or you know uh, they're the they're the thing next to the counter. Oh, really? Yeah, they're like so they're like a sort extra, of you know yeah. a big bag of quavers. Right. Instead, they'll have
0: chicken feet. I've had chicken feet before. Uh, yeah it's a bit weird yeah yeah, it's a bit weird but it was interesting what he was saying it tastes like chicken he was,
1: he was on the <laughs> he was on the Monday night club and he was sort of saying look you know he, he basically caught himself having to take all sorts of supplements and pills and you know this for this and collagen and turmeric and whatever and he just thought hang on I just I want to see if I can get this from natural foods that's quite a sensible idea I guess but it's quite interesting that I mean I don't know if you were being given hey have these magic beans made it'll you know it'll be yeah they yeah. give
0: you some magic beans yeah yeah yeah, I think for him to be sick and tired of having tablets to then decide to go and hunt for chicken feet, that's, that's like a, that's a very big step. I'd imagine as he travels around the country and so on. I'd, I'd worry if he was concerned that maybe he can't perform well because he's not had his chicken feet in his pre-match meal and so on. But again, I think for me, highlights he has got some issues. And if it can help him feel better, then great. But Again, I don't. There's not a long history of people having chicken feet and having their if their careers extended. Yeah. Does James Milner have chicken feet? Do you know what? Um, no, I don't think he does. I don't no. think he does. I think good luck to Andros. I hope it works out for him. Yeah. But if his knee's back. Yeah, he, he said, knees said he was just feeling
1: great the next day. He's also doing something called mouth taping. Yeah, right? I've heard, Which heard about, about this Erling well. Haaland
0: does mouth taping. How much of it's in your mind? Do you remember years ago, probably 15 years ago, when they had the little power bracelet things with the hologram that he'd do you remember this? A power band bracelet. It was like a rubber bracelet. Right. And it had. uh is this for footballers or just for people? This is for life. Right. And it had a hologram within it that used to make you 2% stronger wow. and all this nonsense. Okay. Everyone was using it. All right. Except for me. But everyone was using it. I've never even. Heard of <laughs> I guarantee you, I guarantee <laughs> okay. listeners, if yeah. you, listeners. People would have bought these because they believed it was going to be a thing. There was big marketing around it. You had cricketers, you had footballers. Yeah. Everyone doing it. One of the most stupid things I've ever heard in yeah. all my life. But people said they felt better because I remember of the,
1: nose thing, you know, uh, the, the nose Vicks thing. There was the Vapo yeah, rub Vicks on the Vicks, chest. Yeah,
0: but yeah nonsense.
1: But mouth taping is, I, I tried to look it up. It sounds sort of quite unpleasant. But it's when you go to sleep. I don't think you tape your mouth sort of wide open like the Aquafresh advert. I'm not really sure. But apparently Erling Haaland does it. It's good for your breathing or some such. Um, anyway... Um, Simon <laughs> says After listening to Barry Professor's love for Olivier Giroux I was sat at Egg Spectation in Dubai Marina on Tuesday um, Egg Spectation Was that a sort of fancy egg st- shop? How fancy so it's can like it Spudgy like <laughs> <Yeah>. for eggs <laughs> yeah, it could be. On Tuesday my wife was staring at someone I turned around to see this handsome bearded chap with his wife to my shock It was Olivier Giroux Uh, I almost fell in love with him. He's a spectacularly good-looking person. That is true. Uh, Sean says, Hope the live show's going well. Cannot make the Irish shows this year, unfortunately. But last year, I won a big chunk of lamb in Mark Langdon's raffle. I didn't show much excitement as the time I was there by myself, I did want to highlight the fact that I was there on my own. On my way home, I put the big chunk of lamb inside my jacket and got on to the Lewis dublin tram line then drove back to my house in the south of ireland so about four hours had passed by the time uh, i received the lamb to when it was put into the freezer i excitedly explained to my girlfriend i won this raffle and that we should have said lamb for dinner this sunday i thought this was a soccer podcast why are they giving out meat god men are so weird when it comes to soccer she says fair Uh, so her mother so her mother ended up cooking this lamb the following sunday with all her family i did not attend the dinner not sure how long that lamb had been out of the chilled area from when ye got it, but every one of her family ended up sick. <laughs> <laughs> So a word of advice, maybe leave the meat in a chilled area before each raffle. Um, love the show. Keep up the good work. Uh, look after Barry when he's back in Ireland. Um, uh, producer Joel says we do leave the meat in a chilled area. And we only do meat raffles when Mark Langdon's there, because otherwise it would be silly. And uh, he's not coming to Ireland, so uh, hopefully we will be safe. We do hope your family have recovered. Steve says, not a question just to comment. Listening to Football Weekly during a vasectomy is old news. Listening to Football Weekly during a colonoscopy prep, the new way. Well, look, good luck to you, Steve uh hope you're alright um, which on, part on, of the,
3: the prep that's just you that's the
1: laxative one isn't you it you
3: sort of sat in the throne room isn't
1: it yeah that is um, you, you take the you drink the I've had one and you yeah, take yeah you take the sort of powdery drink and you think actually I think I am feel alright and then suddenly <laughs> it it's goes all Munich, Munich. <laughs> it goes full <laughs> Munich very very quickly <laughs> um, Alexis says uh, Hi Max and team just thought I'd try and redress the balance of the football weekly pop- population After all, vasectomy chat to let you know that I'm listening to you while waiting for my wife to have a midwife appointment. It's the second time in the process I've squeezed in a bit of Football Weekly, having had to wait outside for one of the scans. Everything's all good. Hoping for many more Football Weekly pregnancy mashups. Not sure I'll be allowed to make it. Uh, it'll be allowed to make it into the birth playlist. Uh, Maybe I'll try and play it on a speaker or my wife's stomach. Now they've developed ears, get them started early on the excellent football chat. She has no interest in football, but her dad once played against Pele, so I'm hoping it's in the genes. I've listened to every episode as I was looking for a World Cup podcast back in 2006, and there the pod appeared. Who knows how many hours of Barry I've had in my head. Glad the pod is going great, Guns. Looking forward to another 17 years of listening. Go keep his Alexis. Maybe you could call your little one Barry um, and that'll do for today uh, thank you so much Barry thank you Matt nice to do a pod in person thanks John
3: thank you very much Matt. thank
1: you Nadam pleasure sir thanks all of you for doing the live show last night as well we will uh, see you in uh, Dublin on Monday Tuesday night Brighton on Wednesday oh, you can still get tickets for the live stream uh, wherever you are on earth theguardian.com slash tour 23 Football Weekly is produced by Silas Gray with Joel Grove our executive producer is Danielle Stevens.